I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ozbiz as we kick off the afternoon with the call live from our Brangaroo studios. And uh, great to have your company I'm, I don't mind telling you, first up, that I feel a little intimidated today. Uh, the two experts on today's show, we are, are uh, centred squarely in their wheelhouse because this is a call with a difference. We're going to be talking charts, technical analysis. And if you're saying, let me guess, who are the chart gurus that you're going to have on? You probably are right. Carl Capolinga from Think Markets and Gary Glover from Novus Capital join us as our expert uh, panel. G'day, guys. How are you? Well, Gary, are you excited about this? Yeah, this is going to be great, actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, Carl, welcome aboard. Thanks, gosh. You know, look, it's a, it's an honour honor and a privilege to be considered for the first ever TA The Call. It's great. Yep. The technical analysis call. We will explain the difference between a white candle, a black candle and a pennant and a whatever um, over the next hour or so. We're going to take it and we're going to run the technical analysis ruler over the first five companies in this half hour. We're going to take a look at Novanix, Zero, Terracom, in New Zealand and Arafura. Um, char, um, stock of the day though, instead of our usual stock of the day, we'll be doing a chart of the day, focusing in on, um, Carl, what are we going to focus in on? Yeah, so I thought we'd look at the XJO, the ASX 200, and yep. to get a top-down view, and, and then we can drill down to some stocks. So uh, I've got my chart of the XJO, which probably viewers are pretty familiar with on my Friday segments, um, my lines and uh, bells and whistles and things like that. But um, the, the key here, I think, for the ASX 200 is that we are at a pretty um, important balance point. So for me, technical analysis charting is all about understanding the balance between supply and demand. Supply, right. demand interacts, gives us price. Uh, and you know it's the oldest rule in economics that when supply is greater than demand, prices tend to go down. When demand is greater than supply, prices go up. What we're seeing right now is the third potential scenario which is supply and demand are relatively balanced uh, and you get this sideways pattern. So the best time to be in the market, the easiest time is when you've got that dark green zone going bottom left, top right, as you often hear me say. And that's when we have a, a, you know over, overwhelming demand. It's buy the dip, bull market stuff. We get to a point where the macroeconomics change. And really, if we look at sort of late last year, it was all it started to become about interest rates. It, we went from this, this um, narrative 
believe that inflation was transitory, remember that line, to, well, it's something uh, mm. more sinister that central banks need to deal with. So uh, it's not so much that central banks started jacking up interest rates, it was more about that the market started jacking up interest rates. So we went from, you know, around about 1% to, you know, over 3%, for example, on those long-term bonds. And that just put a huge handbrake uh, on uh, expectations for earnings, on what, what um, investors will pay for stocks compared to other asset classes. And you can just see it just creates, uh, not only does it create supply, but it reduces demand at the same time. Two, re- two factors there working to cause um, that equilibrium. I think we should be grateful, though, because many other markets around the world have moved into significant downtrends and in some cases uh, bear market trends. So I think we, we actually should be grateful that we've only gone sideways. Look, that's that's the, the broader environment within which investors right now, viewers, are having to um, uh, uh, invest their money to deal with. So long story short, those easy times are gone. You've heard, heard me say this a number of times. And now you, you, this is where the cream rises to the top in terms of investors and stock pickers and I'm sure investors, uh, viewers have seen parts of their portfolio absolutely go down the toilet, let's face yep. it, and other parts hold up. And they need to understand why. And you need to make that transition from uh, that buy, hold and hope to being a little bit more active and just weeding out some of those stocks that are changing, uh, turning that momentum. Go and have a look at all those stocks that are now in the toilet. They all started off like this XJO chart. That's the message. They all started off with the uptrend. They all went into equilibrium and then they turned down. So um, that's when you want to be active and start to prune them out and then keep the ones that are still um, dark green zone. The A6200, I'm a little bit concerned. I, I think we're just starting to just lose that grip on the finger fingernails there. I'm worried if we get below 6930, I, I think that would, uh, it's going to be hard for me not to say we're in, in a long-term downtrend from there and certainly below 6758. That's the bear case. The bull case is we get ourselves back above 72.89 quick smart and then potentially we can move up to those okay. highs. So, so very, six, very crucial level. 69.30 um, just how, breaks, do, just how do you get that level. figure and 67.58 on the screen now? So yeah. 60, 69.30 is the first test and if it drops below, below that and drops below 67.58 we're certainly in a bear market. That's what you're saying. So we're looking at places where demand came in for whatever reason. And Ah, for me, the the reason is not important, but demand was there. So we know demand is latent in the system. It was there. It doesn't mean it's there next week. Here's the thing. If we get down there and we break through that level, that demand's gone. Why is it gone? I don't want to know, but it doesn't sound good. Right. And there's enough supply to push you through that level. That's this whole idea of support. Support resistance, not just lines on charts. They're they're levels where where investors put their money, their risk on the line. And if they're gone the next time you get there, that's a bad sign. So that's where it bounced back last time. Exactly. And to see if the COVID... All right, Gary, you you have the same chart, do you? Ken? Yeah, I have a slightly, I have a similar chart, but a probably slightly different view from Carl here. So, okay. look, uh, I agree with Carl. I mean, really, we we really just need to be looking at price and volume. Those are the two right. really key ingredients. We've got lots of other bells and whistles we can use in charts, you know, lots of other indicators. But if we're looking at price and volume alone, right. that, that'll sort of, uh, you know, the great traders, good technicians, they'll... I look at these sort of key things here. So right. I've kept this chart pretty simple here, Koshi. So we can see here with this current rally that's going on there, see how I've, I've put an arrow there with a what I call sort of wide up days off the lows here. Yeah. And some of those days are accompanied by some of the lightest volumes that we've seen here. Right. And look at our sort of three, what I call three sort of down days, sort of like 
what we call sort of selling days. Yeah. And we see the volume almost double what, mm. we're, what we're actually saying. So every time we sort of get to a high level and then we see a sell-off, we're seeing what we call distribution type volume there. So, so it's a big sell-off. So NASDAQ's doing the same thing. S&P's very similar. So right. we're rallying on really light volume. Right. And every time we face a little bit of a hit and we start to sell off, the volume really picks up here. So um, as Carl's sort of getting a bit worried about this market, the volume dynamics here, the distribution, is indicating that this is not a very strong market. All those rallies are on right. very weak. So it just basically means a, you know. Okay, so there's no conviction in a rally. 100%. Yeah. But uh, that backs up what Carl's saying, because yeah. he's saying there's a weakness on the downside. You're just coming at it from a different level. Just from- looking at the volume as well. So I think there's actually a little pennant there. Right. So I haven't actually drawn the lines in there, but if we drew the lines up through the lows and through the highs there, there'd be like a right. little pennant. So it goes like that. Yeah. And we've. What now, does that mean? Well, normally we want to stay on that trend, sort of right. maintain it, but we've actually broken through the last yeah. couple of days. Okay. And more importantly, we've broken through with some really strong volume. So that's distribution type volume. We've seen the, ba- the banks sell off here pretty yep. aggressively, pretty heavy volume. Right. Um, commodities are sort of holding the index up here at the moment. Yeah. But. The chart here is pretty negative. We just—it's funny. We're just sort of seeing really, really light volume there. We sort of—I mean, on that—I uh, I showed here. I think it was the 28th of um, 28th of sort of February there. Um, Back to what, what 28th of February. Oh, I see that January green bid. Yeah. So that you see here, that was our sort of—that was the day after the low. And yeah. look at the volume there. The volume was double the previous sort of selling there. Right. So really sort of got what we call like a follow through day. So when oh, you see a big uh, And you move, put the green thing yeah. about uh, those lines at the bottom there, That's or right, second yeah. from the bottom, yeah. the lines going out is the daily volume. Oh, That's okay. right. So we can see massive volume there on that on that reversal day. Right. So that would actually, you know, if we saw if we're waiting for a low and we saw that massive volume come in, that might give us a confidence to sort of, you know, wade into the market. Right. And then when it pulled back again we saw some pretty strong volume buying that dip. Yeah. And then once we sort of got a little bit higher, we started to see the volume. As we got higher and higher, the volume started to taper off. So, right. So therefore, yeah, okay, we're getting pretty stretched. Gun, gun retesting the old high. And we see volume is now reduced, probably half the average. Yeah. So again, that's you just got to look at these sort of distributions. Okay. So, so volume really can tell you a lot about the conviction of our buyers and sellers mm. in the marketplace. Carl, you agree with that? Yeah, look, volume is another key part of what I do. So you've got a couple of styles of technical analysis, probably worth discussing now. I'd love to hear Gary's opinion on this, but you've got your prognosticating technical analysts. So uh, they're using a lot of GAN theory, Fibonacci and Elliott Wave. How about that? Uh, Go go Google those things. But they're looking to use um, these uh, technical analysis methods to predict points, dates and prices into the future where things might happen. You know, you might get a turning point. Uh, Then you've got me. I'm in the other camp. So I'm a reactionary technical analyst. I use um, indicators, moving averages, and ultimately they're all delayed. It's like driving a car looking in the rearview mirror. You can only see uh, what's happening in the past. But I'm looking at, again, looking at price, looking at volume to understand what those supply demand dynamics are at any point in time. Right now, am I seeing uh, that there's more demand in the system and I should be um, allocating capital to the market? Uh, Is there more supply in the system? I should be pulling back or is there equilibrium? 
delivery. Right? I, it, you can still invest, but you have to be in the right sectors. Um, so I'm a, a reactionist. So what we, you could see is that I could put up a chart today and I say it looks fantastic, but next week uh, my opinion will change because the price action, right. the dynamics have changed. So um, it is a reactionary form. Um, you'll never get in at the bottom. You'll never get out the top, but that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm a trend follower, so I try and capture that meaty part in the middle. I let the trend establish itself. Right. As uh, you've heard me say in the past, Koshi, uh, I think there's a great stock here. It's a great story. I love the stock, but I can't buy it until yeah. the trend turns up. Um, and often uh, I'll hold uh, past the top even. So I'll miss the top because I'm waiting for the trend to come down the other side before I, before mm. I get out. So um, it's, the, it's the probability, the success for me lies in that chunky part in the middle Gee, of the trend. Gant, Fibonacci, that takes me back to my, my old doing economy, uh, economics days at uni. Uh, are you a reactionary or a... Uh, look, I actually have studied all those theories. So right. some Gant, Elliott Wave, even studied like sunspot activity, which is really less... Sunspot activity. activity. Yeah, so, uh, oh, so there's, a, there's a theory around... Uh, You'll be wearing beads and <laughs> lighting but, uh, candles around. The, the problem with those theories is you're sort of hard to trade. Yeah. And I, I was probably moved more into Carl's camp as well. Right. Um, it, and the best traders just keep it simple. Yeah. They really just sort of, uh, you know, the thing I like about Carl is I know that, you know, it's bottom left, top right. He's looking at relative strength. So he's trying to, you know, look at the strongest stocks on the board and yeah. trying to go with that momentum. So a lot of the best performing traders okay. do follow that method. So right. I've definitely sort of moved to that method in the last oh, couple of years more so. Um, okay. Because the problem is you become, if you're a master, of, I mean, if you're... Jack of all trades, you don't. Yeah. They're not the trades who make who are the most successful. It's the sort of mastering, you know, right. a method there. So you've got to find okay. your edge in the market. You'll you what they call a playbook. So right. really looking yep. for a certain sort of small number of setups. Yeah. And you just trade those setups, and you become a master of those setups, and then. Uh, you just keep following that technique okay. and stuff there. All right. Yeah. Let's get into some stocks. So both of you very cautious on the ASX 200 at the moment. 100%. Uh, going forward. So, you know, that, that's a, a big sign. First stock, Carl, um, this is one of yours at Novanix. Um, you're saying a cautionary tale. How to spot yeah. a major top in the market so you don't believe the hype of people going, oh, this is going to go forever. <laughs> Uh, well, look, I believe the hype on the way up, and I love the hype because the hype makes prices go up. The only way yeah. uh, something could go up is if there are more buyers chatting on the chat rooms and the Facebook groups and just working themselves into a fervour. Because at the same time they're doing that, um, people who own the stock hear all of these wonderful things, they don't want to sell. And then um, initially you get a change of the, guard, of the guard. Gary talked about volume. Often you need a big volume push to get something going. Uh, and no, Novonix, it's clear as day. You go back to July. August uh, in my chart there uh, in 2021 and you can see it had a huge consolidation phase and then this huge influx of volume to yep. push out um, the, the dead wood the people have been stuck in there for years holding on for the story uh, and, and you get this change to the gut but here's the thing um, the new people believe the story right um, mm. they're all drinking the same Kool-Aid you say you know don't believe the hype I love the hype the hype's great um, but at some stage it, that hype is going to end and for a lot of these uh, battery mineral stocks and here's the cautionary tale, I've said this many times on the call, is that there can be a long time between um, them actually making any money. So you go from nobody knows about the stock, boom, July was last year, everyone knows about the stock. Um, and then you get to the point where the last person's 
in uh, and they're finally probably are making traction in their business uh, and and getting closer to making money but uh, we get to the point where you just you get that, that it's a tipping point where where really all of the accumulate think about this it's gone up so much it went from uh, two dollars to twelve dollars it was the best performing stock in 2021 and you've got all these accumulated profits right and then it sometimes it only takes a, a small tip um, just to swing the balance to well a lot of people sitting on profits you've run out of the the meat the fresh meat going into the grinder from the chat rooms maybe jerome powell comes in all of a sudden goes from a dove to a hawk whatever the catalyst is and that changes that demand supply dynamic um, and often it starts with the, the big supply candles so that major supply event there's the, the there's the shot across the bow that the viewers need to understand is the first step in the end of this 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 trend um, and the next thing is if you if you push back up often you'll get a rally because um, people have been conditioned to buy the dip on the way up so you get a rally but if that rally fails beneath that uh, major top and then the black candles come in you know what I like the, the black candles yeah, what's candles. a black candle again uh, remind us of that yeah so the way you get a black candle is if a stock opens and then it closes below its open okay right. uh, now the lines that stick out they are where the price didn't stay so let's right. say we opened at ten dollars uh we went up to eleven dollars and came back down to 10, that would create a shadow pointing up. So right. whenever you've got a shadow pointing up because you went up and you came down, the only way you can do that is if a supply came into the system, overwhelmed demand, and the black candles, they're supply. So you can see here that building supply, you've got the major supply event, building supply, and then you start to break your key points of demand. We are going from buy the dip, which is healthy bull market psychology, to sell the rally. All of those accumulated profits now are weighing on the market, and investors aren't going, I need to get this in when, I need to get out, uh, get in when it's cheap. They're going, I need to get out when this thing rallies. Yeah. Um, short-term trends change, they're, they're the, that's the light green zone, becomes the light pink zone, and then we hit the long-term trend zone. It doesn't bounce there, that's the key, uh, and then you fall through and off you go. So uh, I, I I've clearly annotated this. You know, I really want viewers to have something yeah. they can take away from today's session. You know, screenshot that, print it out, and yeah. stick it on your wall anywhere you do your analysis. Okay. Um, because it just, it's just a great reference um, for, for how trends change. And so many stocks look like that because she's since November when Jerome Powell switched from a dove to a hawk. Ah, so that big drop was when Jerome Powell, uh, that major supply event. It, you know what? Got... It's around about that time, I, and, right. and sometimes the market is—it's uh, a cruel, cruel beast because right. probably there was an there probably but you wasn't can't pick that, that can you on a chart? You got to wait for it no, to you happen, can't. and then you make a decision. Exactly. I'm a, right. I'm a reactionary yeah. technical analyst. So up until that yeah. point, Koshi, I was tweeting the hell out of this, telling we, we yeah. were we were all over this stock, um, all the way from $2 or, you know, check the tapes, check the tweets. Yeah. Um, but then we start to change our logic. And then we start to say, well, we, we go from looking for entry points by the dip to now we're only Thank focused you. on getting out of this position. Right. Gary? Yes, I mean, you have to, I mean, with those vertical trends there, these what they call those super performance stocks, the leading sort of stocks there, they, you know, there's a, there's a great rule called the 50-80 rule where, you know, 80% of those stocks, eventually when they're done, they'll correct 50%, yeah. and 50% of them will actually come back 80%. So the corrections can be really mm. nasty. So right. when you get these super performance moves, you get these super performance mm. corrections okay. as well. So, All right. but on, on those sort of stocks there, you really should be, 
you know, once those sort of stocks get vertical like that, then you should be look, looking at something like a 20-day or a 30-day moving average at the, right. at the least as your stop. So uh, are, you, are you putting in tighter stop losses? You should be basically tracking, rolling. yeah. So you might have a moving rolling average something. there. Right. So if something starts, because that, that trend there, you can see how it's accelerating and getting yeah. vertical. Yeah. And that's called what we call, uh, you know, Bill McLaren used to view that as called a vertical or blow-off trend. Yeah. And once they're finished blowing off, then that's when they have oh. to be corrections. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, next stock, um, I'm fascinated with this. Uh, I'm sure you are at home as well, but we've got to keep uh, the pace going. We won't get through the 10 stocks. Uh, Gary Zero, <laughs> you've got as a, uh, an example here of three ascending trend lines. Can you just... Oh, and the 80-50 rule comes into this as yeah, well. Yeah, so that's right. So we talk about, I mean, um, your McLaren's just, I mean, if you think about like a, um, a sideways trend will basically kind of overlap. Right. Um, a normal trend will be like a staircase. It'll right. pull back and sit on top of the old high and build again, and just keep right. building. So you get your support, test the support level, yeah. bounces off, that's a good sign. That's right, and a fast trend, you'll actually pull back and leave spacing between the last high and the last low, and then right. go again. So okay. fast, the fast trend doesn't come back to sit on the high, or mm. the last stair, keeps going. And then you get a vertical trend, which really starts to get momentum here. We can see here on our weekly chart, we've got one, two, three, four ascending trend lines. Right. So really, we're getting a really aggressive trend there. So yep. at some point, this, this trend will, what they call overbalance. And overbalance is, is the largest correction of that move. So we kind of got one there uh, in 2020, but it did not break the trend line. That, that was the red the box The first there. red box there, yeah. Yep. But see how it held the trend? Oh, yeah. So it didn't actually break the trend. So therefore, I got a chance to sort of go back. Ah. We saw some good volume come in. It tested it, though, didn't it? It did. Yeah, come back just and sort of back. just above that level. But then it's good Good volumes come in, and then, then it's gone higher again. The next correction, and we've basically broken the trend line, yeah. which is more significant. Yeah. Overbalanced, then the biggest correction of the move. And then oftentimes, when you overbalance, you normally go back and you either make a first lower high or you might make a marginal new high. Yeah. But what we can see there, those green boxes, <coughs> the first green box there, see how the volume on that last rally, that see how light the volume was there, uh, Koshi there? Right, yes. So yes, really yes, we're going yes. up here after an overbalance yeah. on really low conviction buying there. Right. So that should tell you that there's actually, the buyers are dwindling here and yeah. the stock's at risk here. And that was probably the sign there that Got to be, got to be careful. So, got a few indicators there, right? But really, those those three ascending trend lines we've seen. These vertical trends here, you, you might only see these every um, a couple every sort of you know um, yeah. decade. We don't we don't get markets that get vertical like that very often. So, right. we only maybe go through those periods. Um, so you yeah, always rat. be careful of those stocks. Oh, though, do you? yeah, when yeah. You're, uh, Great yeah. while you're riding them up, but yeah. you're really wary. Uh, yeah. Libby, can we bring that? Um, up again, the zero chart. That pink box to the right on your green line, is that where you expect <coughs> zero's share price to go to? So that's the third extending trend line. So Bill McLaren, who uh, who I you know, had mentored this approach here, and his sort of theory was that um, in most cases, you'll come back to the, the last accelerating trend. So we've sort of come back yeah. to the fourth. We've already broken there, but we could come back to the third. That's usually the mm. point where most of them come okay. back to. And we add, right. if you go through some of the stocks that Carl's, Carl mentioned something like Navonics and stuff like that, yep. they've all come back to that level. Um, yeah, and even okay. a couple of stocks we covered today have come back as well. So, all right. Yeah. Okay. There, Carl, two pretty distressing uh, stocks. You both said cactus, don't get in at the moment. <laughs> Terracom. No, no. <laughs> Terracom. Yeah. You, you, you said this 
is a doozy chart. Is that Gary's, is this Gary's zero before it peaked out and dropped? Well, yeah, it could be. Um, look, incidentally, I'm, I just mentioned on Novonix, I like the company. I think it's a brilliant company. I think oh, it's yeah. got great Probably potential. I, I can't buy it until the chart yeah, yeah. turns up. Um, and Zero's Zero, a good company too. Look, it's a good company. I just don't, I just, again, so I do look at the fundamentals as well, Koshi, and I just think it's overvalued. Yeah. Uh, so it's just trading at a really high multiple. I prefer to pay, pay less. So uh, Terracom is one that I think looks actually quite cheap on the fundamentals. I've got a... a Fair value target around about dollar twenty. So these guys are coal producer in South right. Africa. Obviously, coal prices have gone berserk, right? Let's face yeah. it. Um, so they're in this this small window of opportunity where they're just printing money hand over fist. And well, that they're all stories. Look at the picture. The picture tells you that the market started to pick up on this theme around about sort of January, February uh, this year. And then you know it, people stopped selling it because before that, let's face it, nobody liked coal stocks. People hated coal stocks. You, you couldn't give away but the technicals are simply a reflection on the fund the fundamentals okay so i kind of cut out a lot of hard work by looking at charts and then if i find a chart i really like i drop back and have a look at the fundamentals and that's what i did with terracom it starts coming up on my scan and uh and you know i do yeah. those daily daily tweets yeah. and I, I tweet them out and it keeps coming up and i go well, wait a second this thing keeps coming up it must be good and I, I can tell you the first time i i put it up as a feature chart i had no idea what this thing did I then went back and looked at it and I thought, well, actually, this thing is undervalued. And what that does is it gives me more confidence um, to back a chart like this. Um, and it's one of those exponential moves, but that's how you make that's how you make the super profits. Let's face it, you can hold on to um, you know, your banking stocks and make yeah. four or five percent per annum or whatever, or you can put a small amount of capital into a few of these stocks, which hopefully um, turn out like Terracom. Uh, now, the, here's the thing. We don't know where this one's going to end, and it, maybe, it, maybe it has. So we, well, I, I put a lot of faith, I'd love to hear Gary's opinion on this, but I put a lot of faith in the psychology of round numbers. So you often find that stocks will stop at round numbers, like a dollar, um, $2, $5, $10, $20, $100, you know. We, we, this is because we, when we get in, um, let's say we got in at, uh, say, 50 cents, you know, you, you're thinking, you know, what's a logical place to take some profit? You think, well, if I got it at 50 cents, I'd love to get out at a dollar, right? You know, double my money. If I got it at a dollar, I'd love to get out at $2 and so on. Yeah. Um, so when we, we, I'm looking, I'm attentive for um, signs of supply coming in around those uh, key levels. So around about dollar, and I did see a, a candlestick pattern there, which I'm a little bit concerned with. So I just wanted to talk to viewers about this idea of um, what constitutes a, a supply event. And we talked about the long upper shadows and the black candle. And sometimes they're not so obvious. So here I just want to talk about sometimes you can blend two candles together. So those two candles there, which I've drawn the red arrow to, yeah. if you take the common open, the common high, the common low, the common close, you get that very bearish candle there. So um, I do the uh, do my sessions on Tuesday with clients and we have said, uh, we've ridden this one, this one up from about 30 cents. So we've started now to manage our exits. That means we, we take partial profits. I still mm. want to have some skin in the game on this one because the trend is still very much intact. I don't know it's over until those moving averages start to turn, it starts to interact with the long-term trend zone, I get more black candles, I get building supply. But the risk is if I say, well, there's one little supply event at a round number and I get all out, this thing's trading at $1.20 next week and, I, mm. and, you know, and I'm kicking myself. So it's about letting the market tell me when to be in with a full position, when there are some signs uh, that supply is coming in. And really up to this point, this one's been a clean uh, demand side move. 
and then if the moves are there, then I start to get out slowly, gradually, until I'm sure the turn is over, and then I'm all out at that stage. Okay. But I think you can hold this one. I think I think if you've if you've ridden it, because I covered this on the call a, a few weeks ago, it's about sixty, and I called it a buy. If you did buy it then, yeah. I think yeah, take a little I bit did. of profit now. Which I did. Um, oh, good. Let's get in the game then, Coach. <laughs> because, yes. you know, I, I still think it can go high. Okay. So, uh, asking for a friend. Uh, so, volumes are, <laughs> volumes are high at the bottom of it there. So, there's Gary's momentum. You've got that green line at 80 and a half cents. Mm. Is that yes. the next support level? Because That's where we should see demand come in. Now, it doesn't mean our demand will come in there. Yeah, we have to we have to see how it interacts at that zone. If right. we get a bunch of white candles, a bunch of lower shadows at that zone, it's by the dip. We're still in okay. by the dip mentality because that's where the demand was in the past. If we get there, we throw in a bunch of black candles. That demand, which was you know let's let's say, let's face it, supportive of the trend, is not there anymore. It's been fulfilled. Right. At the end of the day, there are orders sitting in the market. They're either fulfilled or not. Demand is either fulfilled or, or unrequited. If demand is unrequited, prices go up right. um, if there's a lack of supply in the system. So I always keep bringing it back to demand right. supply. So, and how it manifests gonna, itself in the handles. I was going to say something. Okay. Look, look at Carl's chart there. Look at the last month. Yeah. The volume there. Oh, yeah. See how, see how strong so, that So that's good. So that's not negative volume. So that's, right. yeah, that's actually strong volume. So there's actually conviction in that buying. Right. So, okay. yeah. All so. right. So, <coughs> so uh, Carl's put up Terracom. Yeah. Um, th- does that indicate a sector? Like would Whitehaven? It does, yeah. Uh, chart be the same and new hopes carry and yeah. that sort of stuff yeah it does hi oh, that's a good point actually Koshy. I, I actually do a YouTube uh, video every Friday with a guy called Chris Hall and we look at the he's got a um, a bot you know basically he programs in what are called relative strength stocks so which stocks are basically the strongest on the board yeah and it's funny how the strongest will stay the strongest and they remain there so the coal right. stocks have been strong for a long time yeah yet they keep ticking here Energy stocks have been strong. Yeah. Keep digging. The lithium stocks were strong for a long time as well. Had a and massive not. move, but then yeah. they do tip over. So, at some point, these trends do tip over. But <clears> the reality <throat> is, they tend to stay in there and keep exceeding right. your expectations for longer than you think. So, yep. Yeah. So, so, so <clears> asking for a frame, would you put yeah. a stop loss on Terracom at sort of eighty cents? I'd probably give myself a little bit more room right. um, because just because the volume characteristics are pretty strong here. Uh, there's a couple of little negatives I see, but overall, there's not too much to dislike mm. with this trend. Okay. It's a pretty bullish trend, uh, pretty vertical here, great sector. Right. Um, so yeah, there's okay. no, you know. So I, I think at this stage, you just give yourself a bit of room. You just if you've, I think you know, Carl made a great point there actually, which I love was the fact that you take partial profits. Yeah. So when the thing gets a little hot, and sort of spikes into a high, you should shouldn't sell the whole lot. You should sell a little bit yeah. of that strength and hold some. Yeah. So okay, that's uh, we got got a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really loving this. This is terrific. Um, Air New Zealand, Gary, you've said is a descending wedge after a massive rights issue. Yes, I know. Uh, what's a descending I know, wedge? I know Carl's not going to like this one. This this really goes the opposite <laughs> to his theory, sort of uh, bottom right. left, top right. So this is the opposite. Right. So we're really sort of coming off here, pretty heavy selling here, really negative trend. Um, so, yeah, really oversold here. So. Carl mentioned before that sometimes he sort of he'll go and analyse a stock and, and see that it's undervalued. Yeah. So this is you know Air New Zealand there. We're we're basically trading under two billion market cap. Right. That the company's traded between three and three and a half billion, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. So that actually that's just the market cap of the stock. So yeah. 
we've, what's happened here is the company has uh, done a rights issue, yeah. similar to what Webjet, Qantas, Flight, but they did it in April of 2020. Yeah. Um, Air New Zealand's basically 52% owned by the New Zealand government. Yep. They gave them a loan instead, but then two years later said, hey, we want that loan repaid. Do a, do, a, do a raising. Right. The raising's being a two for one bonus issue. So that's caused a compression in the shares. So yeah. oftentimes when you get a massive rights issue, just like, you know, you say you had 10,000 shares, yeah. your company's now asking you to buy another 20,000, yeah. obviously at a reduced price. So you take them up, but you might you might sort of sell the 10 to take up the other 20 at a lower price. Because oh, right. you may not want to hold. So a lot of it, what it does is often sort of compresses the share price lower, these sort of events. Right. So. I think there's a little descending wedge. There's also, we've seen the selling heavy and the selling medium and then the selling getting lighter and lighter really here. Light now. Yeah, so we're sort of getting lighter as we're getting a bit deeper here. So what we're looking for now is a bit of a catalyst or a bit of a push push up above here. What I want to see is really just going above uh, a little swing high there. So at the moment, the last little swing high, the green line there is about 59 yes. cents. Right. So if we could kick above 59, that should be a catalyst for the stock to get going here. But oh. um, okay. know, a lot of brokers don't like it here. Um, I think it's massively undervalued. Right. But um, you gotta take, I mean, remember New Zealand's probably feel like WA, a little bit behind the curve in terms of the COVID coming out of it. So yeah. they're about seven, wait, eight weeks. Wait a minute, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carl. No disrespect, Carl. <laughs> behind, behind the curve. <laughs> 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 Love it. So, do you agree with that, Carl? That, uh, that we're behind the curve? No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> New Zealand's massively undervalued. Um, no, I can't. Uh, look, no, I, I did. I can't. Actually, I couldn't value it. There's, there's too many unknowns uh, for me. So, I, I did try, but I, I gave. Honestly, I gave up. Uh, it, but I agree. Look, if. If you're going to try and pick a bottom, which is not my style, wait for the change in volume and wait for at least one big white candle, okay? And I think um, I'd go 61. So close above 61, big white candle on a big volume spike would tell me we're now, we've fit that supply has exhausted itself. And on that volume, we have removed removed a bunch of potential dead wood or, or finished trading with that supply that's in the market. So the yeah. way the market works is, gosh, you're going to hear this a hundred times today, the way the market works, there's a bunch of programmed um, sell orders in the system on stocks like these and probably many stocks in people's yeah. portfolios and they just tick away. They've got X amount of sell, uh, X amount to sell at, at whatever price, average price, and they just keep selling, selling, selling the bots, just bots, 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 bots. Yeah. And you need to trade with them. You need them out of the system, and and that volume will tell you the, the demand demand side. The people who are saying, you know what, that's the yep. low, they've come okay. into the market. So close above sixty one, big white candle volume. It would only be a speculative buy for me. You'd never see me come on and say right. buy that chart. But if you would like uh, to yeah. follow yeah. Yeah. buy yeah. that. Well, I think uh, what Carl's looking at, what I, I refer to it as a change of character. So right. basically in the chart that you're looking for a change of character in the chart. So, right. um, But I mean, I, I, look, I, I do a lot of quant stuff. Right. So I look at sort of companies' valuations and stuff right. there, look okay. at historically and, uh, yeah. All right. Um, uh, Carl's favourite child at the moment, uh, Arafura. Carl? Yeah, I think it looks good. Now, having said that, I set these charts through yesterday and today everything's getting belted, Koshi. So it's down about 5% <laughs> today. But the trend is, the overall trend is, is still good. And I'm, I'm happy to hold this one. So it's uh, it's uh, Rare Earths, um, Northern Territory, uh, Shovel Ready, major deposit, major global strategic deposit, just signed an uh, MOU with um, Hyundai as well. Uh, so 
look, future sort of stock. And it's one of the few that has held up. So let's say so a lot of these stocks have been belted over the last few weeks. So this is what Gary was talking about before, about relative strength. So yes, we're on on, on the verge of this great generational change uh, where we are probably going to be moving towards electric vehicles and the like and needing minerals yeah. to support that. Okay, but often we get ahead of ourselves on the charts. Things go up too fast and then they have to come down. So when uh, they all pop up at the same time and then 90% of them drop back down again, Focus on that 10% that hasn't. Focus on that 10% that is still up there on a relative strength basis because there's something good going on there. And I think that's Arafura. So look, the candle's a bit bearish and a bit horrible today. So I won't go as far as calling it a buy, but I think it needs to be on your watch list. If we start to see some of those white candles pop in around that, around that light green zone, so that's between my 21 and 34 okay. uh, exponential moving averages. Now, why those numbers? They happen to be Fibonacci numbers as well. Um, but that that's where uh, I, I tend to find uh, price tends to get supported. Um, uh, white candles in there, then you, you might hear me upgrade that to a buy. Okay. But if you've got it, hold on to it. If you're not, it needs to be on your radar. Because it's 40 and a half cents now, which is below your yep. green line. Well, it's right in the zone. Yeah, look, right. they can, they can, they can. It, those those lines are flexible. You can see back in May, it, it sort of went a little bit below. Oh, it yeah. spent some time there, um, but the right candles came in. So if you look at the the 10th of May, um, I'll leave that for homework for viewers. But the 10th of May, there's this wonderful white uh, body candle with a long lower shadow, and that sets the low. That's that change of character as uh, Gary was talking about. And then we never we never got back below that low, and we okay. built on that demand and up right, from there. So that's what I'm looking for at these levels. Okay. Well, I'll I want to see the right the candle. Moment. Yep. Hold. And if I see that candle come in again, then I'm happy to go back to All a right. buy. Uh, just recap, uh, recap of the first five stocks. Novanix, uh, no, zero, no on the charts. Terracom, a hold. Air New Zealand, uh, a spec buy from uh, from Gary. Arafura, a hold at the moment. Um, just quickly, if you want to see our high conviction uh, portfolio fund uh, and the investment committee, last meeting uh, watch it live ausbiz.com um, they added uh, Wes Farmers Elders and ResMed in the current month uh, fund down 2% 2.5% since the 1st of March which isn't bad compared with the rest of the market um, keep sending in your request to the call at CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, the last call tomorrow um, afternoon from four o'clock we we're going to tell you about, but let's keep with the uh, with the charts. Uh, this half hour, uh, Temple and Webster, um, Lion Town, uh, Santos, Sunrise Energy, and also the Nasdaq. All right, Gary, Temple and Webster. Um, the chart there, three ascending trend lines, an overbalance of the trend. Yeah, so similar to zero in uh, some regards there. We've sort of right. got, uh, got a trend that's sort of been building. Um, we saw some big volume there. You know, as Carl mentioned there, we sort of need that oh, sort of yeah. volume to sort of come in and kick off these massive sort of moves. And we see this is what And they're the, your four eggs there? Yeah, so we just saw yeah. sort of strong volume there. So what's, what's happened there is we've got our little first sort of base, we've got our second ascending trend line, our third ascending trend line. You probably draw a fourth one in there, but um, we keep it simple here with three. But then at some stage there, this trend tips over. So 
what we'd like to occur is, you know, this overbalancing trend is when we get a, the biggest right. correction of the move. So normally, like, the stock will go up and have a small correction, small correction, small correction. Yeah. They'll be around the same size or smaller, and then then they'll tip over. No big deal. And right. then once they tip over, the beauty is there. Most likely, they'll come back and give you a second chance to get out. Right. So they'll go back and retest the high and then, then come back. In this case here, we saw that, that little first green box there. Again, that next sort of, after the overbalance, it went back and retested the high. Yeah. All the volume was really light. There was no conviction in uh, that rally. So yes. basically the- Green boxes the, at the bottom. Yeah, there. market's yep. telling us that there's, uh, although the rally's going up, there's very little participation in the rally. So it's not a committed buyers there. And then we saw some distribution and some selling and then come down there. What, what we saw after it came, came off was it actually showed a little bit of support there, so electricians would call it like a little ABC, like a little yeah. three-wave correction, and then some volume came back in and actually pushed up again. And sometimes when you get this overbalance, <coughs> you can go back and retest the high. In this case, we got what I think, you know, one of my favourite technical patterns is called the false break or a, right. like a marginal new high. So we go and retest the high and go marginally above it. Right. And the theory is if you, if you go there, that little false break and then, then turn down, you'll actually go back and retest the previous low. So in that case there, we've got a, what, roughly an $8 low there in early 2021. Yep. So once we failed there, this false break sort of theory is that we'll go back and, and retest the low. So it gives us a target below $8, which it achieved, and then it's come back. And then, as we mentioned, this this is Bill McLaren's sort of, you know, this, uh, yep. what he call these vertical bluff trends. The target is to come back to the where the third trend line started and that in this case is around that four dollar mark and that's exactly where it's come back right. to St still showing signs of weakness here at the moment so we can't be buying so it here be touching. but it is sort of fulfilled a lot of our downside targets it's met our 80 50 rule yeah so now we just watch and we wait for this stock to sort of hopefully okay. stabilize and build something yeah but we don't touch it until we start to see some um, you know some some positivity coming there okay um Carl, you've brought up Lion Town, which was uh, um, uh, absolute darling of the markets for so long. You've got serious concerns on this. Yeah, look, I, ha I have, and I've I've had for a number of uh, really building on months now. So again, it was one we we had all the way up. Um, you know, enjoyed that that trend, uh, but in I should check my notes here, but I'm going to say sort of March April we started to see the signs that supply was building. Um, so Gary mentioned that false breakout. <laughs> Those can be killers because um, for for trend followers, you know, they're, they're, it's elation one day and then you know trepidation the next. Um, but we did have, I believe, that that key supply event on the 5th of April. Oh. oh, we just lost. I think we lost Carl there. We'll I think what Carl's referring to is see that uh, after it sort of spiked to a new high, the next day it was sold off on pretty heavy volume. Um, okay, so, so was that the 5th of April one? Yeah, so this, at, the new, at, the, at the high there, I think Carl was referring to like a supply yeah. event, so that it, it went to a new high, and okay, here we go. Yeah. And the next day it reversed savagely. Right. Big volume there. So that was like a distribution day. So that was a very negative pattern. So right. you might have been, you know, some people might have been going, okay, we'll break to a new high, we're, here we go. Yeah. But then the next day we break down hard and, and pretty 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 strong selling. Right. That would change your opinion in a couple of days. So, right. Yeah. Right. So you have to sort of adjust. But be, okay. hopefully you're riding that trend and you move your, keep moving yeah. your stop higher as you move higher. Okay. But yeah. Uh, Carl, I think we've got Carl back. I don't there. know if you Sorry. still got me. Yeah, yeah. Got you yeah. still got me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, they look pretty pretty much uh, as Gary said. But it, look, it's, it, you don't have to sell when you see that necessarily. But we we look at that. And we say well, partial exit straight up, and let's wait and see. So we could find that demand rebuilds and everything. All the reasons why it was going up in the first place are still there, and it heads up, and we hold on. We might even buy back again. But when you see that um, the next supply event come again, so it, it, it right. falls back. All the black candles. Look at the black candles there. When I say building yeah. supply, and then we make we have a really limp rally back up, and we fall back down the trends change on the moving averages um, you hit that long-term zone you don't bounce it's, it's all the same right. stuff we saw in Novonics and so many other ones that we've seen today and now that we're beneath that long-term trend zone you tend to find that not only is the trend changing and we in sell the rally not buy the dip but it tends to resist upwards price movement um, the other thing's probably worth mentioning here that first of june supply event was the goldman sachs um, research yes. report that came out Kosh, i don't know if you caught that one yeah, yeah where yeah. the whole lithium sector got belted and all i heard all i heard uh, in various media outlets you know, I'm not mentioning anybody in particular, was uh, so many experts saying, oh, it's a long-term thing, uh, you know, buy the dip, it's an opportunity. And yet I look at that and I say, okay, well, maybe, and if that's true, then we should see demand come back in very quickly and a bunch of white candles or shadows. We haven't seen that. So I'm really concerned. I think I think a lot of uh, people out there, investors out there, have, have, have eaten up this, this rhetoric, uh, but right. yet, yet the money hasn't come in. Right. So I think there's a disconnect here and I'm concerned that as we break those lows again at 110, you could see a lot of selling come out. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm horribly wrong because the, I, I, I make money when things go up, not when they go down. Um, yeah. So I'd love it to get back above 143. And until it gets closes above 143, um, I'm very, very concerned about okay. this one. All right. That's a good, good rule there. I mean, uh, your analysts can be uh, can be wrong and they can, they can lie to you. Your CEOs can be wrong and they can lie to you, but price action will never lie to you. So you see on the chart there, but actually you see this, the conviction in the selling. Yep, yep. And uh, I mean, that, that was a really trigger day. Yeah. It's funny because that really was, uh, you know, if, if that was the reverse, if, that was, if those stocks were sort of basing, meandering, and all of a sudden there was a catalyst event and, and the market took off big volume up day, like the, you know, if you basically put all those charts upside yep. down, yep. that would be a day that you would follow. Right. So, but that was the reverse. Okay. That was the day that mm. led the selling here. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Gary, you want us to, you want to have a look at Santos? Yeah, so Santos is actually a really interesting chart here because uh, um, two things here. Obviously, energy is one of the strongest sectors at the yep. moment. Um, also has a lot of ties to um, markets. So if you sort of study... I look at sort of a lot of macro stuff and look at the history of markets yep. and high inflationary uh, markets of the past have usually peaked as inflation has peaked. So, mm. so, so these 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 uh, high growth markets they'll they'll basically will markets will be finding a low as our inflationary stocks like our oil stocks will be finding a high and and then basically oh, starting starting to come off. So. We're looking, so once all stocks start to peak and then start to turn down, start to show some weakness, that should coincide historically with a low in the market and the market turning up. Yeah. So at the moment here, I mean, oil price is still going up. Yep. So it's not showing any signs of weakness. The inflationary pressures haven't eased here. Um, in, on, the, on, the, on the Santos chart there, what we saw was, we saw like three attempts of the high um, and one, one so, ag- so that's getting up uh, to that top red line going up on the, on the right hand uh, side there. It's so butting the, up to it. Yeah, so the green line there, we had like uh, three or four touches of that 840. Yeah. And then we basically compressed back and we didn't, we didn't sort of sell off. 
it's, a, it's essentially like an ascending triangle little pattern. Right. And then we've broken through that pattern there. Now there's a few things there. We've got an ascending triangle, which is a bullish pattern normally, once, right. you, once you break through. Also, Gan always, one of his rules was you can have three attempts of the high, but if you go back for a fourth attempt, you don't wait for the break, you just go with it. Oh. Um, and we saw the type price action. We just, what we've seen there, the volume as well, the volume characteristic has been pretty solid. It's been robust through the whole right. period. We haven't seen any weakness right. in momentum as well. So this is pretty bullish sort of pattern. What, what this pattern is actually is an, what they call an ending diagonal. So a lot of, you know, we saw here in Santos previously in 2020, it ended with an ending diagonal. Right. And then they, oftentimes they might overshoot that pattern. And then once they break back in the pattern again. Like you saw on the, on the top left. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, in, in 2019, right. yeah. So it's just a really, this ending diagonal is sort of, often it, it culminates with really strong markets. And this is sort of how they often sort of finish here. So um, this can overshoot. Right. They do have a habit of actually overshooting the pattern. Right. But once they overshoot, um, this is what we call an ending sort of pattern as well. So. To me, so don't be in there for too long. You'd well, be taking profits on Santos. No, and I would be basically holding my position here because I mean the, right. our ascending triangle gives us a target probably around 950. So yeah. we should be sort of holding it here. All I've sort of done is I've just probably moved my stop up to around right. break even. Right. So I've got uh, nothing to lose here, and if it keeps going, then I'll, uh, okay. I'll keep moving my, my stop up. But all the. Um, I mean, the chart looks positive, volume's positive, the sector's positive. It's really showing some relative strength. Also coincides. I mean, I'm, I'm quite negative the U.S. market and and, and bearish the equities. Yeah. They're going to come off here. I think we're probably some weakness here over the next month or so. But it should coincide with a with a top in all stocks here in the next month or so. So I think these. I mean, we've seen Woodside, Beach. Yeah. They're all firing up here, going really strong at the moment. So they can probably. But you won't. reckon they've only got a month to go? I think it'll be over in a month. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just normally these sort of moves, they, that sort of pattern, there, they they end with a bit of a bang. Right. So I think this could wind up here. And uh, because that other, what do you call it, ascending triangle on yeah. the left there, uh, kept out. getting narrower and narrower, and then. Yeah, once, once they can overshoot and once they come back in, that's when they you do know, it yeah. A hell of so a we while. might be two months from now, all stocks might have peaked and, and turning down, and then we might be hopefully seeing a low in the market, hopefully quite a bit lower. Yeah. Um, and then that'll give us, okay. you know, if we see those two things happening at the same time, uh, that's the, historically that's a relationship which has worked, you know, worked in the past. Okay. Um, uh, Carl, you're, um, you've got a chart for Sunrise Energy uh, Metals. Yeah, um, just quickly on Santos, I like it. I think uh, it's a nice bottom left, top right chart. The thing about energy, and I've been sort of telling clients this, is that I, I do think um, oil prices are going up and that will weigh on the market. Uh, and I agree with what Gary says about um, if oil prices peak, then that will help the market as well. So oil prices sort of go up until the point where they break the economy yeah. and then they have to go down because the economy's broken. Um, so you do, you do get that cycle. Do you, do you think it uh, will all be over in two months? I hope no. It's, it's, I think it maybe maybe it might go a bit longer. That's the mm. thing, and, and I don't know how a trend's how long is a trend how long a trend's going to last. But looking at some of the money coming in at the moment, I think the money is kind of betting it will last more than that. See, oil stocks really take a long time to ramp up. Gary's probably probably knows this as well, um, because people are so sceptical as to whether the, that the rationale yeah, is going to remain remain long enough. Um, but I, I think they're just starting to get going. So I think maybe there's a bit more in it. But do watch that dynamic. Do watch that dynamic. Mm. Okay. Um, so SR, SRL, 
Yeah, Sunrise, so uh, nickel, cobalt, scandium. Uh, just 350Ks west of Sydney. So, you know, it, it's in the right place. It's not in China. It's not in the DRC, which is where a lot of, um, you know, let's say it's Russia, China, Indonesia is your nickel production uh, and the Democratic Republic of Congo is your cobalt production. So this is an Australian-based significant deposit. The problem is they need to raise a, they need to raise a whole heap of money to get to production. Mm. That's kind of where they are. But um, it might not be on people's radars in terms of one of those um, sort of energy metals that, you, you, that you've been looking at. Maybe you haven't heard of this one and putting it on your radar. Um, I think, again, in, in, a rel- in terms of relative strength, we've seen so many of these collapse over the last couple of months. This one hasn't. I think there's there's something in that. Um, it's down today, of course, because again, um, you know, a lot of these stocks are getting belted today. But I think get it on your radar, keep it on your watch list. I think the trends are very, very strong here. I think the candles are very strong. I think sort of that two ninety to three dollars is where we want to see demand continue to come in. Beneath that, my my thesis starts to change, um, and then sort of keep an eye out for when I will upgrade it to a buy. I'll upgrade it to a buy if I see the right candles come in. Potentially, we break through three forty six. Right. Uh, but I think. But if, it, if it raises money are all bets off? Well, it's going to do it. Um, so it'll probably do it through a lot of uh, debt, debt funding as well. Oh, and right. uh, the Australian Australian government, um, much like Arafura, are sort of oh, in and around it. here. Right. Sort of supporting this one because uh, both uh, this project and the Nolan's Rear Rest project are, are massively, massively strategic, not for Australia, but globally um, right. to, to, to get the supply of these metals out of the hands of China, ultimately. Right. Uh, Gary, let's finish off on uh, what a lot of the tech investors want to know, the Nasdaq chart. Yeah, so obviously it's all been about growth here really. So, I mean, uh, look, probably one of my highest commission trades this year has been the SNAS. So uh, it's been a massive winner for me. Which has Uh, been shorting the NASDAQ. Which is the the short NASDAQ ETF. ETF. And uh, yeah, so what we've got here is, um, you know, we've got a massive move there. It's, It's almost equivalent to the sort of move we saw in 2000 as well. Right. So, so this is the five-year chart. This is, yeah, this is sort yeah. of like a weekly chart here. What we saw there, we've basically broken the, the upward channel, the upward sort of trend line there. So again, yeah. we've sort of overbalanced the trend there. Um, and then we basically tipped over and then we saw a bit of a bounce. And this is where we sort of, uh, we've left, see how we've got that sort of two yep. green lines there, the spacing. Yep. So it hasn't managed to get back to the previous swing low. It's actually yeah. left spacing there. So when you sort of get spacing, that means it's vulnerable for a fast move down. Right. Which is exactly what's happened here since then. So now we've had another bounce, and so far, it, the, you know, if you look at, if you actually look under the hood, if you go into Nasdaq and look at the updates, yeah, the volumes are really, really light. Yep. And we've already seen a couple of, we've already seen what I call two distribution days, to say two heavy down days on heavy volume. Right. Normally around three. Uh, is is usually sort of if you see three distributions in a cluster. So is that the the purple, blue, and the red down the bottom? Is that volume? Uh, no, no. Right. So some of the some of the different uh, providers there, um, right. they want to charge you for different right. volumes. Okay. So yeah. uh, I actually have to look over a number of sources to right. actually get accurate volume right. all the time. So but, you you reckon? <clears throat> but what we're seeing here is we've we've seen this bounce here, and we're still sitting way underneath the previous swing low. So right. we're, we're unless we can get go back up to around 13,000 there, we've left spacing oh, yeah. here and we're vulnerable for another leg down here. So right. what I'm seeing is really light volume, seeing low participation rate, already seeing a couple of high distribution days. So uh, yeah, this looks pretty negative to me. So um, I ultimately think it'll come back and at least rest on the previous high around 10,000. Right. Um, and considering the environment, it wouldn't surprise me if it overshot that a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, no on the NASDAQ and Sunrise putting it on the radar. Uh, gents, that has gone through in a flash. Mm. I've loved it. It's been terrific. Hopefully you've enjoyed it at home at the office or on the trading desk. Um, Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets, always great to catch you, uh, catch Thanks, up with Richard. you. And uh, we should, we'll do another chart show uh, in the distant future. I, I love Lots it. of fun. Really Thanks good. for putting it. Um, but I'll ask you both. All right, I know we're going over. I'm, I'm getting the evil eye from Libby, our producer, saying get off. Um, can a chart, uh, Gary, for, can a chart become a crutch for you? Crutch for you. Yeah, yeah. That uh, you were saying <clears throat> analysts and uh, chief executives lie to you, a chart doesn't. So can you go, well, I'm just going to ignore everyone the and only th- just look at the chart? The only time a chart might sort of uh, potentially lie to you is if there's a massive sort of rights issue. Right. And where they do raise a lot more stock and a lot more equity. So can you, know, you depend too much on charts, I mean? You know, that because... Me, me personally, it's the lifeblood. Right. Um, I actually think that uh, you look at the charts first and then, then go and look at what the fundamentals might be saying. Because right. there's a lot can be said in the charts. It can sort of paint a picture of something's going on here, got massive participation, big volume, what's happening, what, why right. does this stock look like it's ready to... So rock? you start with charts? Yes. Carl, do you start with charts or often you chart, it seems to me, start with fundamentals and then the chart is the second bit you do? No, no, it's the other way around. Start with the chart, find oh, things okay. that are in nice trends, and then go back and look at the fundamentals. But for me, oh, it just takes out all the noise. It's so important yeah. to get rid of all that noise because it's who do you trust? Uh, it does. And look, here's the thing. It's like, for me, charts are just like reading a book. You know, you've got you've got uh, paragraphs, you've got chapters, you've got novels, uh, you've got your Harry Potter, eight volumes, whatever it is. But each day you get a new little piece of the puzzle. Um, so you have to be flexible because as charts change based upon demand supply and that's flexible you have to be flexible as well so don't get set in your ways and be one of those people that says uh this thing's going from a dollar to a million dollars i'm going to hang on all the way up the the trends will change and 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 understand those trends and listen to the trends listen to the market just quickly we've got sunrise energy's boss coming up and a couple of minutes what's the uh uh what's the best question i can ask him uh, where's the money going to come from, Koshi? Okay. <laughs> and, All right. Yeah. I'll claim that for myself and make myself <laughs> look good. Thanks to you. Uh, Carl, always great to catch up. Thank you. Gary, likewise. Thanks, Koshi. What a fun. That was fabulous. Also, we'll do it again sometime. Uh, summarise, uh, Templer Webster and O-Line Town definitely at O-Santos and O. Sunrise Energy Medals on your watch list. Um, we're going to delve a bit more into that uh, after the break. And the NASDAQ looks really awful. Uh, hey, if you want uh, us to look at any stocks, uh, put them in an email, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. All the stocks in the calls portfolio, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. <laughs>